The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway. What is this? Pride, move these people back. Welcome to Subversive Cinema. Oh my god! I never forget a face, especially if I'm sad on it. Hello and welcome back to the show. It's your host, Art Hall here, your wrangler of the weird, purveyor of the perverse and docent to the just disgusting. And uh, it's never been more true. I say that every time I know, but this is really this is really up there Uh, for 2016's The Greasy Strangler, directed by Jim Hosking. Um, it is just wonderful. Um, it is truly, it, it ticks off all the boxes when I say that this show is about the weird, the wacky, and the downright wrong in cinema. And to discuss it, back for more torture is dear friend Devin Jones. You heard him before for a Serbian film, and I brought uh, him back for this. Devin, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So have you ever heard of or seen this movie before? No, I've never, I've never heard of the Greasy Strangler before you asked me to watch it. And are you happy that I made you watch it? Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> this is um, the exact opposite feeling of the last movie uh, you made me watch, which a Serbian film. I yes. was very upset with you <laughs> that I watched this. <laughs> I don't know if I want to continue just knowing art hall anymore but this one yeah you totally redeem yourself boom I freaking loved it nailed it so mm-hmm. to give everybody a little uh heads up so this was a uh <laughs> it made quite a splash on the festival circuit just because of exactly how weird it was and it uh it won at the British Independent Film Awards, and it also won at the Empire Awards in the UK. Wait, wait, wait. it won awards? It certainly did. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, what's even better, it, it premiered at Sundance. So I don't, I, I don't know if it was in competition necessarily. I think it was, and it didn't get anything. But it definitely premiered at Sundance, and um, what a better venue for that. So here's the story. The Greasy Strangler tells the tale of father and son, Big Ronnie and Big Braden, who run a walking disco tour, uh, which is complete horseshit. They walk around the derelict parts of town, pointing out places where various disco groups had allegedly recorded things, while in the backdrop, a series of grisly murders are occurring, committed by the eponymous greasy strangler and what i really love is within the first you know couple minutes of the movie it, they just lay it out for you where big ronnie essentially is admitting to it saying i bet you think that i'm the greasy strangler so there's no secrets here it, he ronnie's the, the the greasy strangler um and as they're going along their lives you know with his son not knowing what's happening with his father they meet the beautiful janet who becomes the love interest of Big Braden. And of course, you know, Big Ronnie can never have his son be happy. So he's got to get in on this. And what happens after this is a series of cartoonishly sized 
uh, genitals, <laughs> as well as some of the finest Merkin work I've ever seen in a film. And for those who don't know, a Merkin is the false pubic hair that they put on women. Ah. So, Devin. Uh, I did not know that. Do you have anything you'd like to share before we really dive into the different <sighs> parts of the subversive sauce of this son of a bitch? So I would agree with you that the uh, genital and pubic work is astounding. Um, sometimes it is I'm like, oh, maybe he has a, a like a disgustingly large penis. And then there's other times I'm like, this is visibly, clearly a big fake penis. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like a triangle. It's like a, it's like a dangling tentacle with nothing but foreskin. It's it's. It's disgusting. Um, I don't know why everyone's name has to be Big Something. Uh, it's Big Ronnie. Oh yeah, uh, Big, Big Braden, Braden. Big Paul. Yeah, Big Paul. It's <laughs> none of this movie made sense to me. Uh, I, I, I many times I said, "What the hell am I watching?" And then, or what am I doing still watching this movie? Uh, but I couldn't. I couldn't look away. It, of course. It just, it, it's a giant accident. You can't turn away. And, but look, they wrangle you in the beginning with this. Tell you a secret. I am the greasy strangler. Hey, I call bullshit on that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it starts so ominous. <laughs> this is their relationship. <laughs> <laughs> their relationship makes no sense the all the, 90 percent of what they say is bullshit or bullshit artist i yes. call bullshit i bullshit artist this is bullshit well we'll get to that we're gonna get to that oh, that's yeah. one of my favorite exchanges in the history of cinema it's wonderful and but i i also have to share a snippet of how they are as tour guides because this particular group of tourists it's like none of them, they all got rubed into this. And I I just, I love it. So uh, let's see what Big Ronnie has to say here. No, there's no free drinks. I don't know where you got that idea. It said in the brochure. The information you got is bullshit. We don't need even fizzy drinks. Just water would be enough. You got false information. We must have free drinks. No free drinks. Free drinks now. No free drinks. Come on, we want free drinks. Free drinks. We must have free drinks. No free drinks. <laughs> Every conversation is a ping pong game. It's so painful. It's <laughs> wonderful. It's brilliant. <laughs> Uncomfortable because I'm like, they're clearly trying to make a bad movie and they nail it where it's they some of it i can't tell if it's bad actors or actors who are decent being bad on purpose uh, i think it's a mix of the, of the both but some of these actors like the guy asking for free drinks he's terrible uh, i don't know if he does any other work um i was surprised when i did a little investigation uh, I, I could tell you that they each <clears throat> have played in, in movies. You know, for example, 
the the guy asking for the free drinks uh i'm, I'm apologize for for screwing up his last name but sam disanayaki uh, i know i got that wrong disanayaki but uh he was you know he had a part in this is 40 and fever pitch oh so you know he's been in some stuff okay and i think that they probably just told these guys to like really lean into a certain character archetype and in fact the other guy the um who uh abdulaye ngam uh he played the Sangalese uh tourist uh he was in the you know tv show uh legion and he was in the mindy project and ncis and my name is earl so I think what it is is that they just cleverly crafted them to play wow. poorly, you know? That's fantastic. Everything about this was calculated to be a very specific thing. So let's like let's get into this before we, we get off the rails for too long. So the deal is, as you remember, we're trying to break down the subversive sauce, and that's usually composed between character story and the WTF factor. I know we have nothing but WTF for this movie, but there's also quite a bit of character stuff we could discuss. And some of the story is just pretty wackadoo, too. So uh, character-wise, which characters, if any, <laughs> and I know there's so many to choose, stood out for you and why? Okay. So, so Janet, you know, who's the love interest in, in the movie, was the initial and biggest standout for me. Um, Elizabeth Durazo, yeah, she was on Eastbound and Down as well. Holy crap, man! So when she when she first started talking, she was the first one that I thought, oh, this person can actually act. Like she's doing a pretty decent job. Like, like her conversation is believable, where everyone else's is just just terrible and as you go through she's she's kind of I, I guess falling in love with Braden I don't even know how much time elapses in this movie this could be two months this could be seven hours I have no I have no clue <laughs> but she falls in love with Braden <clears throat> she 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 takes her top off he goes to it and she's like and just deadpan I didn't say he could you could do that, like touch her, her breast. Yes. And she's like, oh, okay. And then kind of like five minutes later, they're having sex with his comically like small micro penis. Like this oh, yes. is the size of like my pinky nail. That um, is the best part is the duality of Big Ronnie has this cartoonishly huge, obviously fake phallus. And then Big Braden has the exact same looking except 120th scale um and the scene in which you're talking about the uh the sex scene is so wonderful that i uh i feel like i need to share some of that oh jesus yes please i have to share it because of brayden's constant discussion so uh here we go like this like this janet I don't know if I'm doing it right, Janet. I don't know if I'm doing it right, Janet. Like this? Is this right? Janet. I don't know if I'm doing it right, Janet. Like this? And I think she just put a finger in his butt. Yep, she put her, she put her finger in his butt. He was not happy about it. Um, no no oh like, god and uh that was wonderful yeah so <laughs> there's so many things yeah, and, and 
Okay, so Janet, yes, go on. Okay. It's difficult to explain because everything shifts without any warning. So she's in love with Brayden. She's super weird and awkward and not talking. The conversations that happen are so weird and uncomfortable. But then Big Ronnie takes her out. And then all of a sudden she's just banging Big Ronnie. Well, you know, he he caught her with his disco suit that highlights his junk um, and then his dancing. Well, before that, she's peeing in the bathroom, a, a, a ridiculously long pee. Like, it was long enough for I said, this is kind of a long pee. Um, I wonder how long this is going going to keep going. And then it keeps going. He comes in completely naked because he has to brush his teeth with his huge penis just out completely naked. Um, he doesn't even put toothpaste on his toothbrush. He just starts pretending to brush his teeth. And she's just staring at his penis, starts peeing again. And then the scene ends. And I said, what the hell is going on? So they go out disco clubbing. <laughs> He's got his suit on, which his chest is out. And then like, it's basically translucent completely in the crotch. So you see his entire penis and groin area. That, and it's just him and her dancing. And then one other guy just joins in and they're just dancing. I, I, I'm not following the motivation of any character. He starts banging uh, Ronnie. They're together. And then they start, what's the phrase they use? Oh, I know exactly what it is. In fact, I need to play it because it is the best because they, uh, they torture Big Braden with their, with their call. Uh, and they're they're um, they're joking. So uh, yeah, they've just finished having sex. Hootie, hootie, disco cutie. 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 And it goes on for so long. Uh, at one point, because Braden's in the other room, just listening to them having sex and then chanting "Hootie Tootie Disco Cutie" for no reason. Um, well, Big Ronnie calls her that, and then they just start chanting it because, sure, whatever. He comes into the room, and they don't stop chanting it. She's got her insanely massive bush just sitting there, <laughs> and not only are they just staring him in his eyes as he's crying in front of yeah. them, uh, just <laughs> chanting Hootie Tootie Disco Cutie, which again, what? Um, it, he's like, no. And it, she turns around and starts spreading her ass cheeks like her butt is saying Hootie Tootie Disco Cutie. It yeah. zooms in, it zooms in on her butt as she's spreading her ass cheeks. I'm like, nobody wanted this. <laughs> nobody (laughs) needed to see that shot what the how how did you get her to agree to do this oh do you mean uh do you mean this particular sequence here (laughs) 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 and it's right in on her ass cheeks and it's just spread open as her ass is chanting hootie tootie disco cutie and that was so, one of probably the 20 times I said, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I still watching this? All that right, is amazing. Going. 
so I I need to call out my um my standouts, and I featured this particular sequence on the Instagram channel. It's the three tourists, like they're tied for me, oh and gosh. it is purely because of the following exchange. You ask it for chips and you get nothing. Yes, you should tell management. I pay a dollar for the chips. The chips get stuck. The manager gets my dollar and I get no chips. Please tell me, uh, what flavor chips did you eventually decide upon? Who cares? They were paprika rich chips. I like the ridges. I put the tip of my tongue between ridges because that is where the salty chip dust is. Yes. That's so true. I love ridges. Yes, but uh, what are these chips made from? Potato! Excuse me, what? Potato! Can you say that again? Potato! Yes, but what are these chips made from? Potato! Sorry, but what? Potato! I don't understand. Can you say that again? Potato. Please, one more time. Potato. Okay, this is embarrassing. <laughs> and what's even better is without hiding it at all in the background, it, this is between the Sengalese and the Indian tourist. The Scandinavian tourist, played by Holland McFallister, is just sitting there and he's laughing. Like, there's no hiding this. He's just laughing at this exchange because the Indian tourist, that's the character's name, by the way. He, his delivery is just like, it, it's like a record skip. It's perfect the exact same each time. I couldn't tell if they just kept redoing the same shot or if he kept redoing it. And I, I, I zoomed back. I was like, is this, I don't think it's it, that they're just doing the same clip. But he is the exact same sound of Porto, yeah. which is not even close to potato. <laughs> he's trying to say potato, but he's saying Porto, which makes no <laughs> goddamn sense. <laughs> and they just go back and forth. I was so angry <laughs> halfway through this exchange. I was like, look, you motherfuckers. You, one of you, fucking stop. I'm so I was openly angry at this movie and it's early it's, it's early in the movie I'm like this is fucking horseshit man. oh yeah no it, it's I tell you this is like it is the brilliance a minute and and now okay so we've we've done some character stuff let's talk about the story the greasy strangler the killer that runs around it, it's as we've discovered or discussed big Ronnie the character is in a giant grease suit but it's intimated that the character hops into a giant vat of grease you discover later to get covered in grease before he goes around. Now that leads us to the big thing. Ronnie has the craziest obsession with grease. Yes, he does. Look, he's an older guy, uh, big Ronnie. And for as much grease as he eats, he's in pretty darn good shape. He's a really relatively lean guy. He's pretty thin. Um, he is, openly hostile if there's not enough grease in his food. Big Braden serves him greasy food and Big Ronnie starts flipping out that it's dry. There's not enough grease. What the hell is this? Constantly threatens to evict Big Braden from the house. 
which is another just running thing that they do. But he, again, they make no attempt to hide that Big Ronnie is the greasy strangler uh, nope. because it's obviously Big Ronnie just covered in grease and he won't stop talking about how much he loves grease and needs it in, in his life, which makes no sense to me. Uh, and I don't know why I just, I guess as I'm scrubbing along to find the clip to play, uh, this moment struck out at me that I totally forgot about that I love so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere, Dad. You know how I am with the ladies. But seriously, I, I have something I, I need to tell you. Come here. Go for it, Dad. Are you ready? Yes, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's that, that, that scene. Okay, there's so much of Big Ronnie's ass in this movie. Oh. <laughs> he, that scene is when he just he's sitting in the bed talking to Big Braden after he just wakes up and he's supposed to be something serious, and he just rolls on his back with his bare ass cheeks out and just farts directly towards Big Braden. I'm like, oh yeah, it's it's wonderful. What the fuck is this? I know. So I want to do, I'm going to do a quick super cut of all, uh, not all, but many of uh, Big Ronnie's grievances about Greece. That's not right. I need them greasy. And this is nothing like greasy. Do you understand? No, this isn't right. I need more grease on this. I need more oil. Sir, I cannot do that. It's against regulations. I could lose my license. I need this oily. I need this to lubricate the world. I need this dog to have some grease on it. Do you like oily grapefruit? This is officially the best meal you have ever cooked. Just the right amount of oil. Thanks. <laughs> so he's got a thing with grease. Yeah. The guy loves grease. Like when he's at the hot dog vendor, he says, "I want this to lubricate the world." The world. <laughs> so stupid. That line is so stupid. And then it, he pulls out like the grease tray and just takes his entire hot dog bun and everything and just dredges it in the used grease and then eats it. I was like, "Okay, this guy loves grease. Maybe too much. Maybe a little too much grease." Oh yeah, where? <laughs> okay, so look, the story. Let's just just try to narrow because we really got to get to the the most important thing to talk about, which is, and we've covered some, which is the big WTF factor. So the story. Here's the big question: Did it make sense to you? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 not even a bit. Nothing of this movie made fucking sense. <laughs> Are, are we getting into are we getting into the story now? I'll, well, I'll yeah, we're, you're, we're in the okay. story. Yeah, we're talking Great. about the, the story. You know, you okay. got this the, the string of murders. It's clearly the guy's father. So it's clearly him. There's a running gag where because when Big Ronnie's done killing a guy, he goes to the goddamn car wash, and there's a scene where he's just getting he goes in as a human into a car wash and gets bathed in there, and he's just screaming ah as the the things are just hitting him. And oh, you mean to... um, you mean this sequence? Uh... 
And what's better about it is every time it happens, he's in the dry mode, and then his his massively fat fake phallus just whips around in the wind during the dry cycle. Disgusting. <laughs> and so he comes out. He sees uh, the guy who runs the car wash was Big the, Paul, the old, who's blind. Big Paul, old black uh, blind man who wants to go disco dancing with Big Ronnie again, and he doesn't do it. So at some point, Big Braden is suspicious of Big Ronnie for being the, the greasy strangler. Uh, there's this, I put in quotes, love triangle, because that, a love triangle means like there's some kind of conflict and things make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no structure to this movie, so it, it's hard to, to put it into a love triangle, but Ronnie's having sex with her, but then she all of a sudden, out of nowhere, doesn't want to be with Ronnie, wants to be back with Brayden. Brayden is talking about how much he loves her how he suspects that his dad is the greasy strangler. Um, his dad is constantly telling everyone that Big Braden still shits the bed. Yes. <laughs> he constantly shits the bed. And which I don't know if it's true. Big Braden never refutes that he shits the bed. At one point, he says that his dad had a big nasty fart and instead of farting, like shot a turd out of his ass. Yes. It was like a big brown finger that was pointing at him. But <laughs> Big Braden never says that he doesn't shit the bed. And you'd think, you'd think that'd be a thing that you'd say if you didn't. But I don't know. So they they end up calling I, the cops, I guess, um, because they find some grease in Big Ronnie's room. Un, some unexplained grease. Um, so they're like, oh, he's definitely the greasy strangler. So they call the police and the, a police officer is supposed to come by, but it's obviously Ronnie in yes. glasses, fake teeth with braces, long fingernails. Like and long, a mustache like, too. And a mustache with a weird French accent, I think. And just says, oh, there's not enough evidence. You need, you need to stop. Uh, you just need to let it go. And they full on believe this is a real investigator. Uh, well, let's uh, let's see as uh, as he's investigating this pile of grease in the bedroom, uh, which is a gloppy mess that he starts playing with with his fingernails, then rubs it on his face and sniffs it and has this to say. The soil is scrumptious and very good for the skin. That's evidence against the greasy strangler. It's like, what is he channeling? Like some sort of know. 1930s vampire? <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's an excellent observation because I didn't know what the hell he was doing. And a 1930s vampire makes the most sense. <laughs> and so it's... he convinces them, one, again, that he's an investigator and for them to drop the case and then he leaves and then goes outside, goes to the right of the house where there's a big bush and changes the clothes in the in public. Just yeah. changes right there. Because, sure, fine. Um, big Braden doesn't want to give up. You know, he, he, he still is going to try to investigate uh, and try to expose his dad as the greasy strangler. Mm-hmm. And Janet is on board. I, I don't remember when she decided that she didn't want to be with big Ronnie anymore. 
So I think I think uh, Braden and um, Janet have a reconciliation after he's been doing some of his uh, fantasy writing, and then he comes down to see her in the kitchen while she's doing the dishes, uh, apparently in the nude. Um, and I think they have this conversation here. You're up late. Yeah, I'm working on a novel. <sighs> the fantasy one? No, it's an urban cyber thriller called Revenge Incorporated. It's set in a dark future where revenge is outlawed, but there's a company you can hire to get revenge for you. I've been dreaming about you throughout these long, hot nights. Do you miss me? Yeah, I sort of miss you. <laughs> I'm lost and lonely for you. Basically, I love you. <sighs> Don't say that. Unless you mean it, of course. <laughs> Why is the sky blue? Because blue is your favorite color. <laughs> so I think what happens here, no, look, is the motivation strong? I hate could, that line. Could be a little flimsy, but I think it's the fact that she realizes Ronnie's just good for fucking. But sure. Brayden actually has a heart. And I think that she fell prey to the monstrous Wang. And then I think she discovers the gloop of grease on the floor uh, in the bedroom. And I think she starts putting pieces together. And then, you know, how could you love and be together with a guy who is clearly the greasy strangler? So I think that's when she goes back to Brayden. Okay, sure. And um, then that's when they call the detective who is, you know, clearly not. Um, yeah. That, that doesn't even make any sense anyway. Who did Brayden call that his dad intercepted the call and then became the detective did he call 911 no i don't call... think they have 911 in this universe uh okay. this is clearly not the world in which we are okay. a part of um but let's see who is brayden talking to here hello i'm calling because i think it just might be possible my dad ronnie is the greasy strangler Tomorrow is fine. We can meet tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So he clearly called him already. What? Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe there's a phone number they put out somewhere. Or, you know what? Why ask questions? Because, look, when we get to the end of the movie, any questions you had before don't matter. You're very, very right. It doesn't matter because it has quite possibly the strangest ending of a movie I've ever seen. Let's keep on trucking down this story then. Yes. So so the so, police are involved and he doesn't care. So, you know, the, he's trying to throw him off the trail and they eventually discover that, you know, his dad's, you know, hiding under the bed. And then he comes, you know, barges out after this argument, goes, gets lubed up, attacks, and then he tries to run off with Janet. Yeah, he steals her away and they run away and like, and so Braden, in his infinite wisdom, goes into Ronnie's room, sees some grease, opens like the, the door and sees this massive vat of grease and says, like, you know, I can be the greasy strangler too. 
I can be the greasy strangler too. And then decides just to get in to the vat of grease and cover himself with grease, which I assumed was to then have a one-on-one greasy man versus greasy man fight. Yes. Um, and so you see <laughs> Braden run out and he's running somehow finds Big Ronnie, the greasy strangler, and Janet in a movie theater, a random movie theater, and he's choking her because, you know, he strangles. That's what he does. Um, and then he comes in all greased up. Braden's greased up. I'm like, here we go. Grease man versus grease man. Nope. All of a sudden, Braden, greased up, also starts choking Janet. Starts choking her so much. He's growling and snarling like a, like a wild animal. And, and the special effects are so fantastic. Oh, yeah. Hands away from Janet. It's him snarling. It pans back and it's clearly fake eyeballs that then pop out of her head. Yeah. Which then Big Ronnie catches <laughs> and gives one to Big Braden, one to himself, and they both eat Janet's eyeballs. What the fuck is going on? Why is the grease intoxicating? So that's is what it, I was going to say. A magical spell on you. This is this is what I think. Is the grease? It it's like okay, you know, in Ghostbusters two, how the slime oh, is like all God. concentrated hate. <laughs> So I think the grease is like concentrated evil and murder. And Braden didn't realize that. Braden thought, look, in order for me to defeat the greasy strangler, I must become the greasy strangler. But he didn't anticipate how much control it would exert over him. And he came out rabid and just absolutely feral like his father is. And then that's when he went. And joined in killing Janet. And then they go and they do a little car wash together and they get cleaned up. Hold on. You're telling me that Big Brayden was overpowered by the strength of the grease. Yes. And became a wild rabbit animal. Absolutely. Just like his father does. And here's the thing about the grease. Once you've, once you've tasted of and become one with the grease, the grease is now with you. And it never leaves. And that's why Ronnie kept going back for it. Ronnie was addicted to the, you know what? That makes sense. God damn it. God damn it. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> what you said makes sense in this nonsense movie. And it also, it's interesting because this is a journey of, of a father and son finding a way to bridge their differences that they were reasonably at odds and we didn't understand why he treated his son so poorly, but it's because he was a victim to the power of the grease. And then once, you know, Braden became part of that, that, that lifestyle, their relationship was suddenly remedied and fixed. And then here, the two of them are walking on the beach, they're talking and they're having a reconciliation. Now it's clear the grease is what was between them, nothing else. But then we get, to the real weird part where I guess the greasy stranglers had been, you know, committed to the life of the wilderness away from people. Uh, yet somehow some uh, very unique and elderly looking militiamen get their hands on them. Uh, they tie them to stakes. They give a uh, drum roll and then they shoot them with AK 47s whilst 
their greasy strangler forms are watching. So the human forms are getting shot while the greasy strangler versions are not. So it's almost as if, as if committing to the grease, they've separated like cells dividing and the baser nature has left them. And what is left of their humanity is being sacrificed before all to see in the woods while the animalistic inside the 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 bestial nature of them is all that's left and uh then their heads pop like giant um firecrackers and champagne just gushes forth yep in a giant deluge and the greasy stranglers run off into the woods forever yep so the greasy stranglers kill janet they run off to be co-stranglers co-greasy stranglers oh a character we haven't mentioned yet is Big Braden's stepdad. That's right. That you we hear about. Yeah. Ricky Prickles. Yep, that's right. So they're constantly Ricky Prickles. referencing Ricky, Ricky Prickles. And uh, <clears throat> throughout the movie, there's a running uh, joke of uh, Big Ronnie, because uh, he owns the house, uh, threatening to evict Big, Big Braden. I'm going to evict. You're evicted. I'm going to evict you. And he's like, Dad, don't. And it's back and forth. He's like, go live with your mom. And her husband, Ricky Prickles, and Big Braden hates Ricky Prickles. Uh, yep. He's like, yeah, he made me punch him in his like washboard abs and he made me do crunches and I hate him so much. And so apparently Ricky Prickles is like this Adonis uh, yeah. man, he constantly references him. So at the end of the movie, when they both become greasy stranglers, like, let's go kill Ricky Prickles. And you see them chasing him. and. The person who is playing Ricky Prickles is no Adonis. He is no, he's not. He's just some random dude. This random ass dude who's like yeah. yelling, "I'm, I'm so fast, you can't catch me!" Uh, and at the time, you're like, "Oh shit, they can't catch him." This might be the end of the movie where they're constantly trying to catch Ricky Prickles. Nope, Ricky Cr Prickles trips on like a tree root and falls, and they just bash his head in and they murder him. You mean this right here? Yep, that's it. That's ex that's the exact scene I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I jumped over Ricky Prickles. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so they kill Ricky Prickles. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Big Braden got a little bit of closure, but yep. then it all of a sudden again they're tied to stakes. There's militia men, and they just murder them with AK-47s. But you see the greasy strangler versions of them in the woods, and they just slink off, and. Again, the second time in this conversation that I'm frustrated because what you said made sense that this is more of like a metaphor of them separating themselves from their human lives. So the militiamen aren't real. They're human versions that are tied to, tied to stakes. They're not real. They're seeing that in, mm -hmm. their, in their greasy minds and they're watching their human versions be just, you know, blown away and separated i mean the part where their heads open up and champagne pours out i don't know what that, that i would say it's almost like it's a toast it's a cheers it's a celebration it's the final you know that it's Hooray, like we're the, free huh yeah they're free it's the acknowledgement we're free we're free damn it, That's it. there you damn go it. that makes sense so <laughs> one thing that we we haven't touched on the entire time that i feel like we we need to is 
how amazing the soundtrack is? Oh, yeah. The soundtrack is so unbelievably good. Uh, this is, by the way, this, this is what I like to call is the Greasy Strangler theme because it's a reoccurring track. And I believe the title tra- of this track is called Fizzy Barf. But it's my favorite track. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I mean, the way they use it is so great because that particular cut that I was uh, playing that from is uh, when uh, Big Ronnie is is watching as Big Braden and Janet are having a good time getting to know each other in the lawn. And and Ronnie's just scowling over the balcony like a beast. It's it's wonderful. So, OK, so, OK, we got the story. Now let's, let's, I mean, we've touched on so many inherently in the discussion, we've already touched on so many WTF moments, but I feel like there's so many more uh, and there's not enough time for all of them, but what are, what are some of your favorite ones? Okay. So that might not have been mentioned. Yeah. That hasn't been mentioned yet is the hands down. The best thing that they do is uh, continually uh, use the phrase, Bullshit or bullshit artist. We, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but it is probably 80% of this movie is the phrase bullshit artist. So it's like, oh, do this bullshit, bullshit artist. Oh, you're a bullshit artist. Bullshit. Bull, I call bullshit. You're a bullshit artist. And it, I'm so glad you brought it up. Where it goes on from, for, for, so long it's one of those ones that go on too long you're like okay stop being funny it becomes funny again it <laughs> stops becoming funny and then becomes uncomfortably funny again and you're like dude you guys have got to stop so, <laughs> and it's I, so i'm so weird. glad you mentioned it because i think that's one of the things i had queued up here oh wonderful we made it official last night we sealed it with a kiss bullshit artist janet and i are exclusive. There's no reason to talk of this anymore. Bullshit artist. 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 You, sir, are a horseshit artist. I call bullshit on that. He's smelling. He's, He's smelling. smelling. He's sniffing. I'm detecting the unmistakable scent of. Wait for it. Horseshit? No, your answer is completely wrong. The correct answer is. What's the correct answer? Wait. Tell me the correct answer. The correct answer is. (sighs) Horseshit. (laughs) (laughs) That scene. Felt like it lasted 10 to 15 minutes. I was so 
angry. <laughs> Dude, stop whiffing air towards your fucking face. Like, just say horseshit or bullshit. You're gonna say one of the two, and you're just you're just dragging this out. And I'm like, uh, this scene has got to end. And then Brain's like, "Tell me what the answer is." I'm like, God damn it. you know what the answer is, Brain. This is so fucking stupid. <laughs> I was, I was, I was like, legitimately angry at this movie, thirty percent of the time. I was confused a lot, but I was angry. I was like, "You." Assholes, finish this goddamn scene. <laughs> Wait for it. Horseshit. We all know it's horseshit, you asshole. Oh, it was so good. It was so good, man. I loved it. Um, I I want to share one of mine, which is uh, what I would say is uh, the infamous phone sex scene. Oh, Jesus, um, I forgot about that. It's so wonderful. I couldn't bear to lose you. I yearn for you, but I have to protect you now. Let's have phone sex quickly. Imagine me stroking your clitoris with a pink feather, and then you cradle my sack. I'm tickling your sack. Yes. Come on, Rodney. Play the game. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> so, in that scene, he refers to his penis as Rodney. Rodney. And again, he has like a like impossibly small penis like impossibly small yeah it's like the size of a matchbook if that and my pinky toe is probably the the, the size and he wants to have phone sex and then he looks down he's trying to masturbate and he looks down at his penis and says come on rodney play the game (laughs) what the fuck does that mean (laughs) jesus christ and she hears this. What makes no sense is as weird and uncomfortable as, as he is, it's fine for her. Like, it, like she's in that same wavelength where yeah. this all makes sense. And she's he's like, I, I want to imagine me rubbing your clitoris with a pink feather while you ride my sack. And she's like, she's like, I'm riding your sack. Like she's just she's on she's she's oh yeah she's in no, it and but i like that that's where the phone sex ends it's just that description and just sitting there listening to him yep and he just he just fluttering away he's fluttering away she's riding his sack um and then and then when he's done he says okay goodbye and hangs up and yep that's it that's it <laughs> cool cool um okay what now i've never in my life had phone sex but I imagine that's not how it goes. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm naive. You know, maybe I'm not as worldly as I think I am. But that is fucking weird shit. And I am full on out. <laughs> all right. Look, I, 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 again, this is one of my favorites of all time. 
I, I favorites? Yes, I I get so much joy from this movie. It's so inspiring to me. So we could go on forever, but we can't. Um, okay. So let's wrap this baby up. Uh, so you know the deal with the subversive scale. How subversive do you think this film was, man? Oh, man. Okay. All right. So it's not... Okay, this one's a little difficult for me because it's not like over the top and made me unhappy and uncomfortable like Serbian film did. Serbian film, 10 out of 10. I would say never watch that movie. This I got joy out of. I give it a seven. I give it a seven. It's crazy. It's out there. It makes no sense. It's all over the place. The acting or the characters are just uncomfortable. But you are going to sit there and you will finish this movie. Yeah. There will be times where you say, what am I doing? I could be doing Pilates right now. I could be doing anything, but you are going to sit and finish that movie. And you're going to be like, you know what? You know, I'm kind of glad I did. I'll give it a seven. Yeah, I actually, I absolutely would go in the same way because it does subvert a lot of expectations, keeps you uh, kind of guessing um, just the style of the writing, the acting, the, the humor of it. Everything about it is just a little left footed and off center. And it does keep you wondering what the fuck is going to happen next. So I completely agree with the seven. So there you have it. Uh, Devin, thank you very much for uh, checking out the Greasy Strangler. Now you know a little bit more about my psyche. Um, yeah, I've, well, you know. So you 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 know what's up. And uh, what I could say to you, man, is make sure you stay away from that grease. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to share before we cut loose? <laughs> if you have a chance to watch the movie, do it. <laughs> That's it. Watch the movie. You'll be happy you did. <laughs> perfect perfect all right well that's it for this week you heard it here uh the greasy strangler it's pretty new like i said it's 2016 so it is available just about anywhere i know you can watch it for free on imdb tv or you can go pick up a blu-ray at any store like best buy target walmart and uh, there you have it so go find it you will not regret it until next time If you enjoyed the show, make sure you leave us a review and a five-star rating at your preferred podcast provider. Tell a friend so they can check it out, too. And follow us on Instagram at subversive underscore cinema for more content. Subversive cinema.